the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Witnessing for Christ is an awesome task that belongs to every believer. The question is, are we doing it? Listen to today as Pastor Rander continues to encourage us to be effective witnesses by explaining the role a man of unusual dress and diet played in acting as a precursor to Jesus in this message. John the Baptist bears witness of the light. He'll be teaching from a number of scriptures, so get pen and paper ready as we begin. This is a very critical message that I'm about to preach to the glory of God. It is really critical that you take notes and listen attentively. And don't think you already know this. You, listen, I'm saying I'll be mixing some old, some things I've said with other things to be said. And this message is very critical in the times in which we live. And I just want you to stay focused and tuned in and turned on. Uh, say no mind you come to church as long as your mind stay distracted. As long as you can just be restless in your spirit uh, during the message. Matter of fact, he just wants you to leave just like you came. But it's our prayer that the message bring transformation because you were attentive and you were saying from the depths of your heart, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Say it with me. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Turn with me to the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 6 through 8. Gospel of John, uh, chapter 1, verses 6 through 8. And there you'll find the text where we'll be preaching this morning. The scripture says, There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness to bear witness to the light that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. And from this particular passage of scripture, we want to preach this morning, John the Baptist bears witness of the true light. John the Baptist bears witness of the true light. Now, just, just who was John the Baptist? John the Baptist was the son of Zacharias and Elizabeth, born in the city of Judah when his parents were well advanced in years. They had no children because Elizabeth was barren. An angel told Zacharias that his wife Elizabeth will bear a son. His name will be called John, which means gracious. And he will be a Nazarite from his birth. John was born a sinner in need of a savior, just like the rest of humanity. He was not God and neither was John the Baptist an angel, but rather John was the last of the Old Testament prophets. He was the forerunner and baptizer of Jesus, the Messiah, the son of God and savior of the world. John carried out his divine assignment, which was to bear testimony that Christ is the light of the world and the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John's ministry culminated in his execution. 
For in Matthew chapter 11, verse 11a, it says, John was highly commended by Jesus. The scripture says, Assuredly, I say to you, among those born among women, there has not risen one greater than John the Baptist. Now let's transition. What can believers today learn from the ministry of John the Baptist? This is he's quite a remarkable man of God. What can believers today learn from the ministry of John the Baptist? Number one, John knew his divine assignment. He knew that his divine assignment was a high calling from God. He knew that his divine assignment was a high calling from God. In John 1, 6, it says there was a man sent from God whose name was John. Whatever God assigns you to do is a special high calling. You saw a demonstration of puppets. That's a calling to be able to do that, to reach children for Jesus. You're not just an usher. You're not just a choir member, a greeter, a youth worker. You're not just a culinary worker, media worker, a teacher, just to name a few. Any assignment that comes from God is a great assignment. Therefore, whatever you do for Christ, you need to be faithful and give your best effort. If you're not giving your best effort in whatever you do for Jesus, it is unacceptable and will be voided out. Secondly, John did not send himself. The scripture says in the gospel of John, uh, chapter one, verse six, there was a man sent from God. See, my friends, you had better know that you have been sent and not just went. When you send yourself without being commissioned by God, you are on your own and open to be exploited by Satan. The scripture says John was sent from God. When you know without a doubt you have been called by the Lord to serve in ministry, it is the call of God upon your life that brings comfort and assurance through the challenges of ministry. When I go through tough times, I reflect back on the God who put me in ministry in the first place. Therein is my blessed assurance. Your ministry will be anointed and be more effective when you know without a doubt that you have been sent by God. Now, two things Satan loves to do. First, he loves to confuse believers at the point of their salvation. If he can get you confused at that point, he has you right where he wants you to be. And if you're confused at the point of your salvation, this will also keep you weak, ineffective. And secondly, he loves to confuse believers at the point of their calling. And if you're confused at the point of your calling and that which God has called you to do, if you're not sure about what you're called to do, if you're serving and you don't have the assurance of your call, it will end up in self-doubt and lack of confidence in ministry. Thirdly, the third thing I'd like to say about this remarkable man is that John was a humble servant. In the Gospels, John's humility is so evident. He was a humble servant. The scripture says in John 3.30, he must increase, but I must decrease. In Matthew 3.11b, it also says, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. In Matthew chapter 3, verses 13 through 15, it says, then Jesus went from Galilee to Jordan River to be baptized by John. Verse 14, but John tried to talk him out of it. In other words, he said, Jesus, why, why do you want to baptize Why do you want me to baptize you? You're God. I'm a sinner. Matter of fact, you should be baptizing me. You're the holy one. I'm the unrighteous one. I I, I need need you. You you came from heaven. You're the lamb of God. I I need to be baptized by you, Jesus. I'm just kind of paraphrasing here a bit. 
Verse 14 says, but John tried to talk him out of it. I am the one who needs to be baptized by you. He said, so why are you coming to me? Verse 15, but Jesus said, it should be done for we must carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to baptize him, the Lord Jesus. What a privilege. I wonder how did that, I've baptized many people, but I to baptize Jesus, I probably would have baptized the God man and then passed out in the water. <laughs> then Jesus would have had to pick me up and save me out of the water. The ba- baptizing God, what a privilege. Fourthly, uh, John was not afraid of people. That's another thing we can learn about John. He was not afraid of people. There were some, like the Pharisees and Sadducees, who came to the Jordan to observe John's baptism, but who had no desire to step into the water themselves. John rebuked those Sadducees and Pharisees sternly. The religious leaders were not exempt from needing to repent of their own sins, although they saw no need of it, because the scripture says in in, uh, Matthew 3, 7 and 8, But when he saw many uh, of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to the baptism, uh, he said to them, brood of vipers. He was not afraid of people. He was calling them snakes. I was like that. That that preacher called me a snake. Who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Therefore, bear fruits of repentance. My friend, you cannot do effective ministry or reach your potential for Christ being afraid of people or trying to appease them. If you try to appease people, try to satisfy people, try, uh, try to just bow down to their every wish, you'll not be effective for God. Listen, I want to please my Savior. It is better to obey God than man. The scripture says in Acts 4, 16 through 20, What shall we do with these men? For indeed that a notable miracle has been done through them is evident to all who dwell in Jerusalem. And we cannot deny it. Verse 17, but so that it spreads no further among the people, let us severely threaten them that from now on they speak to no man in this name. Verse 18, so they call them and commanded them not to speak at all or teach in the name of Jesus. I love verse 19, but Peter and John answered and said to them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge. We cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. In other words, you refuse to let your voice be silenced for Christ. Refuse to allow your voice to be silenced for Christ particularly and especially in a world where people are bold, in a world where people are vocal and proud in their sins. If there's ever time we need to speak up for Jesus, it's right now. It's not time for us to be in a closet. We need to be out, not being ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. For it is our blessed hope. The gospel is the only thing that can save people from the guttermost to the uttermost. And number five, the Lord encouraged John when he was persecuted for the cause of Christ. The Lord encouraged John when he was persecuted for the cause of Christ. In Matthew chapter 11, verses two through six, you say, why so many scriptures? 
because my opinion don't mean anything before God. So I give you scripture after scriptures because it brings credibility to the message that I preach. It is not my opinion or philosophy or ideology. It is the word of God that counts. Listen, people's lives are hanging in the balance. People are on the edge and they need to know the truth. Therefore, I give you scriptures to let you know that it's the scriptures that supports the message. Amen. And Matthew 11, two through six, it says, and when John had heard in prison about the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said to him, are you the coming one or do we look for another? Jesus answered and said to them, go and tell John the things which you hear and see. The blind see and the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up and the poor have the gospel preached to them and blesses he who is not offended because of me. Now, see here, my friends, when John was imprisoned by Herod, he became discouraged and began to doubt and needed confirmation that Jesus was truly the Messiah. John was perplexed because he had faithfully done what he had been assigned by God to do, which was to be the forerunner of Christ. And yet John found himself in prison in a whole stinky, smelly uh, dog Roman dungeon. Amazingly, instead of Jesus rebuking John for doubting him, he did not tell uh, John, oh, ye of little faith, like he oftentimes said. He did not say that to John. Jesus, instead of saying, oh, ye of little faith, Jesus highly commended him by saying in Matthew 11, Uh, Chapter 11, verse 11a, Assuredly, I say to you, among these born of women, there has not risen one greater than John the Baptist. What a commendation. Not a rebuke for his doubt, but a commendation. Jesus encouraged John's faith by sharing the miracles he had performed, which authenticated that he was in fact the Messiah. Like John, when we began to doubt and go through, uh, as we go through our own challenges uh, in the Christian life, we must go to Jesus and ask him to completely crush and remove all doubts. John had huge crowds as he preached in the wilderness. Even the religious leaders came out to see what was going on. However, John's preaching against sin got him in all kinds of trouble and even thrown into prison. Why? For calling out King Herod because he married Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, telling him, it is not lawful for you to have her. You're sinning. Wow. We sure need some preachers like that today. My friend, even in the midst of the perfect will of God, you must be mindful of these three things. Let me give them to you. You can be in the perfect will of God and you need to be mindful of these things, even in the will of God. A, like John, you are not exempt from trouble and persecution even when you're in God's will. Being in the will of God does not exempt you from trouble. Jesus, as he was a babe, uh, he was born in trouble. Herod tried to kill him. Uh, All the way to the cross, Jesus stayed in trouble. And yet, He was in the perfect will of God. So you can be in the will of God and still have a whole lot of trouble. B, notice that when John was unjustly imprisoned, he didn't send word to Jesus saying, get me out of this prison, Jesus. 
I was just doing what you told me to do. What am I doing here? I don't hear that from John. Instead of asking God to change your circumstances, ask him to increase your faith. John didn't ask God to change his circumstances. And neither should we. We need to ask God to increase our faith and endurance until God accomplishes his divine purpose in the midst of our trials. See, God knows how to send an encourager when you need him the most. God knows how to send an encourager when you need him the most. When God wants to encourage you, he can use the unlikeliest of person. He can use a little child. He can use a stranger, uh, someone you don't even know, and you'll know they're speaking from God to you. The Lord sent back word and encouraged John. In Matthew 11, 4 and 5, it says, Jesus answered and said to them, the disciples who came to Jesus said from John, go and tell John, you disciples, the things which you hear and see. Look there, the blind see and the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear, the dead are raised up and the poor have the gospel preached to them. He encouraged, Jesus encouraged John the Baptist as he was in that lonely, dismal prison. D, ministry does not always go as planned. As a matter of fact, life does not always go as planned. Your goals uh, sometimes get derailed and things happen uh, beyond your control. Things will come into your life suddenly and unexpectedly. You must press on by faith through your hurt. When you're doing the work of ministry, when you're doing what God has called you to do, there will be pain. People will see to that. And even more, the devil will see to it. There will be challenges and disappointment. People will disappoint you. There will be times of sickness and catastrophic experiences that intrude into your life, even to the point of death. If John the Baptist had his moments of doubt, as great a prophet as he was, then don't be surprised when you experience moments of doubts as well. What is doubt? What is doubt? Doubt is to be unsure. It is to be uncertain. Doubt is to be skeptical. Doubt is to be unbelieving. It is to distrust. It is to lack confidence. Doubt is to waver. It is to be perplexed. Once you embrace Christ as your personal savior, then Satan's next goal on you, you and me, is to tempt believers to doubt and lack confidence in Christ, which will keep you from reaching your God-given potential for him. He said, I really hate the fact you got saved, but if I can just make you doubt, you will not rise to your God-given potential. I love that great passage in Ephesians 3.20, which says, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. God has a great plan for your life, a great purpose for your life. Listen, but when you begin to doubt God, you hinder the work of God in your life. You have to believe God against all odds. When things don't work out, keep on believing, keep on hoping. Never stop praying. Hold on to your faith. Why do Christians doubt in the first place? Why, why do you doubt? Have y'all, anybody here ever doubted? 
Yes. Have you ever had moments of doubts? Well, why do Christians doubt? A, believers doubt because of a deficiency in their prayer life. Because of a deficiency in their prayer life. Ephesians 6, 18a says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Prayer is essential. It is as essential to life as breathing is to the body. The more we talk to God, our doubt diminishes and our faith increases. So it is critical that we increase our prayer life. We need to give priority to prayer. And that's what we're talking about for this coming Wednesday in our 14-hour prayer watch. B, believers doubt because of spiritual regression and backsliding. Jeremiah 3.22 says, return you backslidden children and I will heal your backslidings. Indeed, we do come to you, for you are the Lord our God. Beloved, your doubt will increase as you drift further away from Christ. The further away from Christ you get, the doubt will come uh, uh, and, and, and overwhelm you. Also, a backslidden condition results in believers not being able to hear the voice of God, which results in deception. When you can't hear God, you're in big time trouble. When you cannot hear the voice of God, you will be deceived. When you cannot hear the voice of God, you will live in confusion. When you cannot hear the voice of God, you will make bad decisions. When you cannot hear the voice of God, you will doubt what God can do through you. See, believers doubt when they place their trust in human reasoning. You doubt when you place your trust in intellectualism. You doubt when you put your trust in psychology, political correctness, evolution, and secular humanism instead of the truth of God's word. Let me just say that again. I know some of you are writing. Uh, When you put your trust in human reasoning, intellectualism, psychology, political correctness, evolution, and secular humanism instead of the truth of God's word, you will doubt and you will regress. John 17, 17 says, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. This book is the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So help me God. There's nothing like the truth of God's word. You open yourself up for doubt when you value worldly ideologies over the truth of God's word. John 8, 32 says, and I love this passage, and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Only the truth will bring about freedom and deliverance to the glory of God. D, believers will surely doubt if they follow anything or anyone else other than the Lord Jesus Christ. Believers will surely doubt if they follow anything or anyone else other than the Lord Jesus Christ. First Corinthians chapter one, verses 11 through 13 says, for it has been declared to me concerning you, my brethren, by those of Chloe's household, that there are contentions among you. Now I say this, that each of you, uh, each of you says, I'm of Paul, I'm of Apollos, oh, I'm of Cephas. I'm of Christ. Verse 13, is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? Come on, y'all. Even today, there are still believers who follow influential Christians, such as popular, eloquent, and persuasive preachers. People follow teachers and Christian celebrities rather than following Christ. When you follow people, you will be led astray. 
When you put your confidence in people, when you follow people and you thinking they're all of that, you will be led astray. Some people can put on a good front. They will let you down because they are people. They will let you down by, uh, by falling into sin or making bad decisions, resulting in your doubting because you put your faith in them than God. And now you begin to doubt because they did something that hurt you. Uh, they deceived you. It resulted in when you follow people, it resulted in your doubting God, your, uh, doubting your faith in Christ. And sometimes when people follow people and they get misled, they even leave the church. Your confidence in people will cause you to doubt the God who saved you in the first place. E, believers doubt when they believe the lies of Satan. You start believing his lies, you will doubt. Genesis 3, 4 says, uh, then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. This is the first lie and Satan has been lying ever since because he is the father of of lies. He's a no good lying devil. Okay. He's not your friend. He's your enemy. Don't play with the devil. He's not your friend. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Destroy destroy your marriage, destroy your husband, your wife, your children, your grandchildren. He wants to wipe you out emotionally. He wants you to have suicidal tendencies. He wants you depressed. He wants you out of it. As committed children of the only true and living God, we walk by faith and not by sight. Life on earth is not easy. Yet, even in the midst of trials and tribulations, we have joy, hope, peace, strength, and God's blessed assurance as we face trials. Best yet, we look forward to hearing our Savior say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant, and eternal life with our Lord and Savior. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683. If you would like to make a special donation to support the radio ministry of Maranatha Bible Church, please visit our website at maranathasa.org. Select the Give option and choose the radio broadcast support fund. Thank you very much for your generosity. Join the Maranatha Bible Church family on Resurrection Sunday, April 9th, for our 8 a.m. worship celebration, children's program at 9.30 a.m. and 10.45 a.m. worship celebration as we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior. What a blessing it is to know that Christ Jesus lives today and every day. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.